Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We're thankful for the reasons it's the best part of the fall. The crossover of seasons, football and basketball. So grab yourself a pumpkin brew or beverage of your choice. All the best smelling wildcats are here with Bosco's voice. Oh, don't you know we're on a podcast with Bosco's voice. Because I love you, Bones Hayes, baby. We're on a podcast. Bring Bosco Boys. Because I love you, Bones Hayes, baby. Thank you. Thank you very much, giving. Boom, the boys are back, and boy, is this going to be an episode. Um, was getting ready to actually record this a little bit earlier, uh, late afternoon instead of early evening, um, to give myself a little bit of time. Um, I choose to do this, you know, I was trying I was trying to set myself up to be able to have a, <clears throat> a little fun this evening, but hey, you know what, uh... The most accurate, the up-to-date show possible takes precedent. Um, before I, I, I talk about uh, the Big 12 and according to Brett McMurphy and Barry Thamel, um, completely changing the rules of who will go to the Big 12 championship game, uh, I do want to quickly uh, give credit to volleyball. Texas, uh, after beating Texas, Aaliyah Carter was named the Big 12 Player of the Week. Mackenzie Morris named the Defensive Player of the Week. And give some flowers to the K-State Offensive Line, named as one of the semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award, awarded to the best offensive line in the country. K-State joins Notre Dame, Georgia, Texas, Washington, Tennessee, Missouri, 
Michigan, LSU, Oregon State, Oregon, and Florida State for those honors. Shout to Aaliyah Carter, Mackenzie Morris, and the KC offensive line. Um, so, uh, what? Early afternoon, uh, Barry Thamel kind of puts out a blog post uh, that honestly was uh, poorly written. Um, and it, it was implying, it was kind of, uh, again, poorly written, but implying that the Big 12 was going to meet with the ADs via teleconference on Wednesday and quote-unquote clarify the tiebreaker rules for uh, the standings in the Big 12, uh, implying that uh, a change would uh, come to make uh, winning percentage against tied teams in a multi-team tie, the tiebreaker, even if everyone has not played everyone, um, instead of going to winning percentage against highest-ranked common opponents. Um, so, again, we've talked about it poorly, uh, but the gist of it was because K-State had not played Oklahoma or potentially because Oklahoma State had not played Texas, the mass of humanity, any sort of tie at the top of the conference was going to be determined by winning percentage against uh, the next group of common opponents. So uh, that being Kansas and Iowa State, assuming that they were tied, um, you know, if if the odds went um, chalk. So if, if all the favorites for the remaining Big 12 games won out, K-State would have played Texas. Uh, if Texas would have lost to Iowa State and then every other game remained, then K-State would have been playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, who would have been undefeated against K-State and Oklahoma, uh, not playing Texas, would have been on the outside looking in. Now, don't get me wrong. I think at the end of the day, uh, that is wrong. I, I, I think at the end of the day, head-to-head in some sort of fashion should be the number one tiebreaker, even if not everyone played everyone. If it would have been a three-way tie between K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, uh, I think Oklahoma State probably deserves to be in the championship. Although, don't fucking lose. Sorry, again, 2024, getting rid of the F word. But don't fucking lose to UCF if you want to play in the Big 12 championship game. Um. Uh, so, Brett McMurphy confirmed uh, what Brett or uh, what uh, Pete Thamel was or not Pete Thamel Barry Thamel was saying. Um, not Thamel, F- Trumbull. Excuse me, I'm so mad. Um, and 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 uh, they're they're changing the rules. So so it is going to be winning percentage against the top uh, top teams. So, look, I, I'm, I'm livid about this. I'm pissed off about this because the Big 12 confirmed to multiple journalists over the weekend uh, that the interpretation of tiebreaker scenarios were correct. They confirmed on Saturday and Sunday to multiple journalists. Multiple journalists. So this wasn't, this is not a, everyone read it wrong. This isn't a, hey, uh, you, you guys, you guys, you, you were missing something. Oh, by the way, we, we had this here. No, this is the Big 12 and Brett Yormark blatantly 
changing the rules and changing tiebreakers with 10 days left in the season. 10 days left in the season. Now, nobody in the national media, nobody in the regional media are are going to throw their hands up and get worked up about this because they're going to see, oh, hey, they're just fixing a wrong. This is really correct. They're just going to pick up that line. But no, this is an absolute screw job being put in place to protect Oklahoma State. Bad rules have existed for the entire history of sport and especially college athletics. K-State has been on the wrong side of bad rules, common sense rules, that so easy, no, bad rules set up, and K-State has been on the wrong end of that on multiple occasions. On multiple occasions. And because, so my frustration comes from not that necessarily this is a bad rule ultimately i can see it anyway when you're having unbalanced schedules when you're when round robin goes out the window there is no perfect way to determine who should be in your championship game but i'm pissed off to the moon that they decided to change this with 10 days left in the season With 10 days left. If this was really a a mess up. If there was really a mistake. By the Big 12. Then change it earlier in the season. Don't confirm it. To multiple journalists. Through multiple outlets. Multiple. Don't confirm it if it's wrong. And I, I, I just do not understand how any self-respecting conference can change the rules like this with 10 days left in the season. Just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And the Big 12 under Brett Yormark is confirming everything Everything that all the detractors outside of the conference said. Hey, it is Mickey Mouse bullshit. And Brett Yormark just confirmed it. You cannot change the rules of the game in the final, in the final 20% of the game. It is just insane. And and it's gut-wrenching and it pisses me off. Because like I said, K-State has been on the wrong side of rules. It sucks when it happens. But guess what? At least you're playing by the rules. The rules are in place. But because the wrong team is possibly getting screwed, um, you, you, you have to change it, I guess. I, 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 I just can't believe it. It seemed it seemed like just you know 
I mean, it just seemed like Barry was uh, was just trying to get some clicks, you know. Uh, but instead, turns out to be correct, and <sighs> Barry Trammell, man, I thought I was just being a hack. I can't. I, I'm I'm literally in shock that the Big Twelve would do this. Literally changing the rules and trying to gaslight the fans and say, "Hey, we haven't changed anything." Literally trying to gaslight the fans by saying they didn't change anything. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Absolutely sucks. Oh, man. It really sucks. I it, it, it just again. I, I'm not. I'm not mad at the rule. I'm not mad at the rule. But you can, especially with unbalanced scheduling, with the gift that Oklahoma State and Oklahoma had schedule wise. Uh, I mean, look. I, I get it. I understand the rule. But let's not act like it was some insane, you know, miscarriage of justice. The way the rules were. Um, you know, it is what it is though. Um, we'll have confirmation on Wednesday, might do a follow-up show. I might release something Wednesday evening. Um, we'll probably touch on it, uh, in the live show. We'll be going live Wednesday, 7 PM on zoom, reach out for the secret account that will have the link. If you don't already have it and want to participate. Before we get into Chris Kleiman's press conference, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Look, I'm worked up. I'm pissed off. I'm super mad at the Big 12. Know who I'd never be mad at? Manhattan Brewing Company. They have the most delicious beers in the entire state of Kansas. And I'm bringing basically, I mean, I think I'll have to go check. I think I'm bringing like 24, 28, 32 beers with me uh, to Lawrence on Saturday. Because look, I'm sure there's good beer in Lawrence. I'm sure some of them are fine, but it's not Manhattan Brewing Company. So you best know I'll be handing out Manhattan Brewing Company pounders everywhere I go in Lawrence tailgating before the Sunflower Showdown. If you're not going to the game, head to Manhattan. Watch the game at the brewery. The tap uh, room has all sorts of TVs. Awesome vibes. Vibes are always immaculate at Manhattan Brewing Company. All right, let's get into it. We're not going to worry about any of the Big 12 stuff. Um... We're just going to move on. Um, opened up talking about how well the team played versus Baylor and said, hey, that edge is there and that is so important uh, for the guys to keep that perfect record at home and to keep and moving forward for the final two games to keep that edge, keep that momentum uh, when you're uh, going against two high-quality teams and rivals. Um Talking about KU, said they have improved their defense year over year, and a lot of it comes down to the returners they have. And collectively, they've been a sound defense. They've uh, stayed true to their assignments. They tackle well, 
And he said that Colin Klein is going to have to come up with a good game plan to beat them on the road. Um, I don't think we're going to find out until Saturday uh, who's going to play quarterback for him. Uh, Chris Kleiman agrees. Uh, says that uh, they're so good with creativity shifts and motions, misdirections on the offense. And they can just you know throw all that stuff to the side and pound the rock with their two running backs. Uh, when their offensive line plays well, they're hard to stop. This is something that they got us a couple times last year. Andy Kotalecki, Kotalecki, whatever his name is, their offensive coordinator is very good. Um, he he, and he does a lot of the stuff that K State struggled with early in the season: um, motions, stacks, shifts, uh, play action. Um, really trying to test that eye discipline, get everyone you know looking left and then leaking out their tight end on the right and having a big play there. So it is going to be imperative that for the linebackers and the safeties, they stay assignment sound and eye discipline. Don't fall off what your assignment is. Because if they are, KU will uh, be able to exploit that. Um, He said that in their running game, there's going to be a lot of stuff to prepare for. They have the two good running backs. Uh, We're going to see a lot of the wildcat formation. um, And says that, hey, either one of those two guys uh, can beat you. Uh, both guys can hit the home runs. Both guys can play in between the tackle. KU always finds a way to get them a football. And again, I, I, I think that is true. Devin Neal is a very good running back. I'll talk about him a little bit more later. Uh, Daniel Hyshaw, again, a very good number two back. Again, it, it, it is a, a duo that, that goes head-to-head with K-State's duo. That's going to be a big matchup. Which group of running backs, which stable of running backs can really get things going? Um, I, I'll, I'll be concerned about it. I, I think that is uh, where KU can uh, have some big plays in the running game as well. That's how they got their touchdown uh, versus Texas Tech. I believe it was uh, like a 60, 70-yard run, uh, maybe just 50. I don't know how long, but it was a long run by Devin Neal. Um, they weren't able to punch it in in the red zone. They are having some troubles uh, in the red zone versus Texas Tech. That's definitely going to lead uh, into our strengths. Again, we've been a good run-stopping team, and we've played a lot of good running backs. Uh, so I think K-State's going to be up for the challenge, but it is something to keep an eye on. Confirmation, Jake Clifton is done for the year. I don't know what the in- injury is. Austin Romain, Rex Van Wy, as well as Bo Palmer will be manning that spot in the middle. It sounds like Austin Moore will get back to calling the defense and being the communicator in there. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I've been pleased with uh, Austin Romaine this year. I was very pleased with Rex Van Wy uh, on Saturday. Bo Palmer's been fine. Um, but this is going to be a test. When you're going up against a team that likes to get their tight ends involved, that they're so dependent on their running backs, um, the linebackers are going to be tested. The linebackers have to be hitting on all cylinders. There's going to be plays where, hey, if a linebacker doesn't make their tackle, uh, it's going to be a big play. There are going to be tons of plays that if the linebacker is in assignment sound, KU could hit a home run. Um, So all all the linebackers are going to have to be on their game and uh, not having Jake Clifton... Uh, sucks, but you know, next man up. They, they've been dealing with that all season. Um, next man up. Confirmation, uh, Khalid Duke is good to go again. There, I had no worries. I think the only people who were worried about Khalid Duke 
where Tierra wearing, you know, spaz artists, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm not one to spaz. I love, I will spaz all the time. But no part of me thought Khalid Duke was going to see any additional suspensions. Um, that was dumb. Des Pernell, uh, Chris Klein instead, he is the or is one of the best linebackers in the Big Twelve, um, and raved about him. Again, he says this about a lot of guys, but but we we've talked about it. we talked about it on Monday. He is playing at that level. I agree with Chris Kleiman. Again, I think sometimes he hypes him up. But I agree 100% with Chris Kleiman. Um, so we'll see how uh, Des plays. says that part of the reason why he is so good, he understands the techniques and concepts. And that goes back to Steve Stannard. And then the athleticism makes him one of the best linebackers in the country. A lot of praise for the uh, uh, ball security in general. Uh, over the last handful of games, a lot of praise for turning uh, the others over. Talked about how Colin Klein, every single week when they get up and talk to the team on Friday, the first thing Colin Klein says, hey, got to take care of the ball. Joe Klanerman says, hey, we got to take the ball. We're plus 10 in the turnover uh, battle in the last five. K-State's won four of the last five. Look, if, K-State's, if K-State is plus Two in the turnover battle on Saturday, there's zero chance. Zero. There's no chance K-State loses the game if they're plus two versus this KU team. Um, I, I, I don't see a scenario in, in which that happens. I hope this doesn't get clipped. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. But if, if you're plus two or better uh, versus this KU team with the talent you have, uh, I, I think that spells a victory for K-State. Um but you have to watch it. KU's secondary, I mean, what? They have like three or four pick sixes, man. Um, they're jumping routes. They, they're trying to bait you into making that throw, uh, especially close to the line of scrimmage, and they're going to jump it and go. So you got to be careful, especially on some of those routes closer to the line of scrimmage on the outside. Uh, asked about special teams. He says it's been up and down. Uh, made some splash plays on pump block the last couple weeks. He says kickoff coverage for the most part has been pretty good. Uh, and he says the reason is because Toby O takes away half of the field. And guys, if you make it into the stadium on uh, in Lawrence or if you're going to the finale uh, in Bill Snyder Family Stadium versus Iowa State, watching Toby run on these kickoff coverage, it's like football porn. This guy is so fast and he has no regard for humanity. Just lighting folks up. Absolutely a joy to watch. So shout out to Toby O. Um, says that punt coverage needs some work. And again, they did give up a, a pretty sizable um, kick return last week as well. So, so you got to shore those things up. Um, let's see. Uh, asked about KU's quarterback, and, and I'll say this. Um, I don't know how much I believe it, but Lance Leipold, uh, he had some media... Uh, on Tuesday, I think he was on uh, Sports Talk Radio 810. Then he made some comments to some KU local media uh, going out to practice. Uh, he's basically wanting folks to think it's going to be Ballard, not Bean. Said they're moving forward to the game plan for Ballard to be the quarterback. Um, said that Bean still has not started practicing, hasn't been cleared yet. We're going to see what happens. I think that's gamesmanship. I think we're going to see uh, Bean start for KU. Um 
But that's just me. But regardless of who plays, I agree with Chris Conley. He says KU is going to play the way KU plays. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Uh, they have a good offensive concept. They have guys who can run it. So they're not going to do anything. They're not going to prep for KU any different, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. Uh, says, uh, for a week like this, uh, you have to do your best not to t- uh, listen to the media, the fans, the outside noise. Easier said than done. Uh, Chris Kleiman, the team, knows how important this game is for the Kansas teams and for the fans. None of that needs to be said. Uh, they know they just need to attack each day, one day at a time. Winning on the road has proven to be tough. They need to bottle up how they play at home. And then he, he gave some praise uh, for David Booth Memorial Stadium. He said the environment on Saturday is going to be fun. He said it was going to be electric. Talked about how KU is going to have a lot of fans there. Said it's going to be loud. And then he kind of smirked and said, but K-State fans, they're going to have a way to get in there too. Again, I, I think, look, their official capacity is 45,000. I think there's going to be 1,000 scattered empty seats. Um, I think it's going to be, so that brings you down to 44. I think there's going to be Eight to 10,000 K-State fans. Uh, so that gives you, what, 35,000 KU fans? So, yeah, it's going to be loud. There's still going to be plenty of K-State fans. You're going to be able to hear the crowd pop when K-State makes a big play. That's for sure. Uh, and then kind of wrap things up, ha- having fun. Uh, Cooper Beebe, a lot of fun. Cooper Be- I- I'm not going to go into the... Um, individual uh, press conferences. Um, there wasn't much there. Cooper Beebe did make some jokes about how well he's been playing at defensive tackle. Played two plays on Saturday. Calling himself, you know, a two-way player, you know, right behind Terrence Newman. It, it, it was pretty funny. If you get a chance, get onto YouTube. I think K-State Online had it up as of recording. I, I'm sure Go Powercat will have their version up as well. Um so, you know, it makes you smile. But but there's there's so much praise for Cooper Beebe, who has been playing both sides of the ball with Damian Alalio out. And it sounds like they expect Damian back for the KU game. But Chris Clement said, hey, look, we still might prefer to have Cooper out there for a handful of snaps. Uh, and, and, again, I Cooper Beebe is one of one. Um, he's so selfless. This is a guy who is playing to try to become a, a first first round draft pick this is a guy who could be the first interior offensive lineman taken and never across the offensive line he's jumping in and playing defense down on the goal line this is a kid who is giving his all for k-state and he is one of the all-time greats doing it too you know, it's one thing to be one of the greatest of all time at K-State. It's another to be one of the hardest workers, guys who sacrifice the most, put it all on the line at K-State. Uh, but it is rare, very rare, to see a guy do both of those things. Look, I'm not kidding. I, I, I think I legitimately might have to give Cooper Beebe my second or third place Heisman vote. Cooper Beebe is really an outstanding football. Now he's a two-way player, man. Now he's a two-way player. Um, I'm trying to think if there's much else going on. I mean, that's really my biggest takeaways from Chris Kleiman's uh, press conference. He looked uh, – fo- it looked like, honestly, that he was battling a little cold. He, uh, not very upbeat, uh, very focused, very 
you know, ready. I, I mean, there's some conspiracies out there that he might have found out uh, before he went out there that the Big 12 was changing the rules on uh, who gets to go to Arlington. I don't really know. Um, and, and quite frankly, we'll, we'll just kind of um, move on past that. Uh, I'm st- Guys, I'm still so mad. <laughs> Can't believe they're changing it in season. One final, uh, one final thing. Again, I, I didn't take too much from uh, the player media um, availability, but it was fun to see Cody Stuffelbean out there. Um, again, I think he's a junior, finally kind of coming into his own. Uh, he told a fun story about how uh, he just randomly got a text, uh, you know, in season. I think his freshman year, and said, "Hey, go report to the uh, defensive ends uh, room for practice." That's kind of how he was told. Um, you know, pr- pretty funny story and, and, and a great story. I, I, I'm, I'm really happy for Cody Stuffel being a, uh, you know, a Kansas kid. I'm not going to pronounce the city he was from because I got hate, uh, for how I pronounced, uh, the city. Mc, is it McPherson or McPherson? I, I'm sorry. I, I got, I got yelled at for saying McPherson. I guess it's McPherson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. All right, uh, let's get into it. I'm going to wax poetically about stuff. And before we do, uh, shout out to Charlie Hustle. Folks, I'm wearing a Charlie Hustle shirt right now. It is comfortable as the We Own This State shirt. That's right. I'm rocking that right now. Um, I have to wash it and wear it under a couple layers on Saturday as well. Be on the lookout next week as we give away our November shirt for Charlie Hustle, maybe a little Thanksgiving themed next week. So be sure to tune into at Bosco's Boys on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Because uh, stay tuned. We always have some fun giveaways. Check out Charlie Hustle. Again, it doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a loved one, a friend. They have exactly what you need. All right, uh, look. Uh, I, I'm re recording this part. Um, but, but because uh, I, I I got I got pumped up, you know. I, w- I was saying some uh, pretty charged things when I when I'm talking about um, this rivalry. I, I have a lot of experience with this rivalry, um, you know. A- as a K State fan, uh, growing up in a house divided, um, there have been countless instances uh, growing up in Topeka, Kansas, where. Uh, you know, this week on the year, uh, schoolyards kind of turned into a war zone, whether you're K-State or KU. Um, I've had tons of very bad, disgusting experiences with KU fans. I've had plenty of good ones as well. Um, I deleted uh, my original take on this because, look, um, it's not about my experiences, you know. I, I'm going to leave that to myself. It's about what's going to happen on the football field, and you know what this game means uh, for this season and for seasons moving forward. Um, look, I think the biggest thing uh, when you when you look at this game is legacy talk. Again, you know Josh Freeman's legacy as a quarterback, and and, and a lot of players during the Ron Prince era. Completely destroyed. Uh, and just recently, I think foot fans started kind of becoming neutral when talking about Josh Freeman instead of 
you know, being down on him. And you could make the argument he was the best K-State quarterback of all time if you're looking at the ability to play the position, the ability to throw the football. Um, and he, he it was all negative. There, there was nothing positive, maybe until... Uh, recently, there there was kind of a little bit of change, and a lot of that's because he went 0-3 versus KU. Uh, Will Howard, um, if you want to talk about all this legacy talk, uh, you know we're talking Ring of Honor, we're talking about uh, where he stacks up in the K-State uh, you know, hierarchy of quarterbacks. Look, um, if, you, <laughs> if you lose this game, um, you know, does that take a hit to him? Um, we, we talked a lot during the basketball season about individual legacies tied to individual players. We don't do it as much with football. But, again, uh, you don't want that hanging around your neck if, if you're a K-State quarterback. Uh, Chris Kleiman, again, it's not as much legacy as much as it is hierarchy in the state. Again, Lance Leipold, he has done a good job. He, he's the maybe the greatest KU football coach of all time. Um, I think it might be a little early to be saying that, but hey, you know, my friends over at Ain't No Seats, they were saying that just last week before uh, before they lost Texas Tech. I, I don't know if they've changed their opinion or not, uh, but he, he's one of the greats. You don't want to give an inch when comparing the two coaches uh, inside the state when you're looking for supremacy. Again, you have to be, I think, 75 years old to have seen more KU victories over K-State, you don't want to start a new trend. You need to keep things moving forward. Again, what, pre-Bill Snyder, it was probably unthinkable that K-State was ever going to catch KU in the all-time standings. Well, now, you know, you're only 15 behind. I, I, I It's going to happen in my lifetime. I, I 100% believe in and know that. It's going to happen in my lifetime. Um. And you don't want to give one of those games back. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I don't want to do it in Memorial Stadium. I, I saw a great tweet that Skylar Thompson has more Big 12 victories in David Booth Memorial Stadium than uh, than uh, Jason Bean or Jalen Daniels. I, or I think it might have been Jalen Daniels. Because uh, he's always hurt. He's never playing. Bean has more. Um, but it's a great stat. It, it is so fun to have this winning streak not only overall but in their building as well. This is the final time before they begin their major renovations. So sending out that old decrepit building with a loss from K-State, I want that bad. I want it very bad. Um, one final thing, uh, and again, um, this the, this kind of segment uh, is... Shorter than 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 I anticipated. I, I cut some stuff out. I, I'm redoing it. Um, but this is the 121st meeting uh, between K State and KU football. Um, I think this rivalry needs to be talked about more by both fan bases, both athletic departments. It is with this game, it's going to break a tie, and we're going to be the standalone 18th most played game in Division One history. We are going to be the standalone eighth most played game in FBS division history. It is going to be the sixth most played game amongst two Power Five programs in college football history. This is the most historic of historic games, and no, it, it, it's it doesn't have a bunch of games that are connected to battling for conference titles or national titles or even national relevance. But in a sport 
that prides itself on wacky history, on black and white. And as much as I like to make fun of KU fans who try to beat their chest over the all-time record, games that are dating back before no one knew what you know the World War was or polio or the flu or chicken pie. I mean, these games are going back to like the, the you know the early 1900s, folks. I mean, I, I think it needs to be celebrated more. I think both the fan bases and the athletic departments need to do more. Uh, you know, talking about how much, how long the history goes back. Again, um, just because it hasn't been some national game of the year every single year doesn't take away the shared history and how far this game goes back. I I, I, I think. Uh, I think everyone should talk more about it. Um, getting more into the game stuff again. Um, this has not been a good episode. Was pissed off at the beginning. Decided to cut a 40-minute rant um, because, you know, I didn't need to be publishing that. Um, one of the few times I've ever gone through and just wholesale cut stuff and re, uh, re-recorded anything, um, you know, not because of technical issues, but... You know, it is what it is. Um, when, you, when you start talking football, when you start looking at um, what's going to go on between this game, I, I think really if you, if you get things going, um, when you get things going in the trenches, KU, very bad, not good at stopping the run. K-State has been pretty good. If, if those trends hold true, I think K-State is going to win this game. Um, I think if recent trends of K-State not turning the ball over and turning KU over hold true, I think K-State's going to win the game. Again, I I can't remember if I said this uh, in in the piece of audio I'm keeping or if I deleted it or what. KU wants to try to bait you into, uh, you know, quick throws at the line of scrimmage to the boundaries. Their corners and safeties want to jump that and they want to pick six. They are pick six hunting. They want to score on defense. So you got to watch yourself and be very careful for any sort of bubble or tunnel or anything that could get baited on the inside or outside. So I think it has to be a big DJ Giddens game. Uh, and, and really, um, I, I think I think it's going to come down to playing a, a clean game, quite frankly. Um, I, I, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for KU. Again, I can't remember if I kept this bit or not, but... Uh, Lance Leipold was going around trying to say stuff about how uh, Ballard is going to be the starter. They're preparing and game planning for Ballard to be the starter. I think it's a smoke screen. I think Bean's going to play, um, but but I think I, I I think regardless of who it is, if K State plays a clean game, they're going to win. I'll, I'll really be keying in on and trying to watch uh, for that. Um, all right, let's let's get into it. Um, let's get to the keys to V. Um, and this, I blame I blame the Big Twelve. I blame the Big Twelve and Brett Yormark for this this hodgepodge episode. Um, first key to V, and, and I, I touch on it here in a little bit. Bring the heat on whoever is playing quarterback for KU. Uh, it is either going to be Jason Bean who wrenched his leg up and left the game with a concussion, so he's going to be gun shy, or a walk on freshman quarterback. So whoever it is, hit him early, hit him hard. Um, it's going to lead to hesitancy in the passing game and the quarterback run game. It's going to make them second guess decisions. Um, so if you, if you deliver those hits early and hard, I think that's going to be massive. Number two, don't let Devin Neal have a career game. 
He's the lone poster child for the state of Kansas on their team. He grew up in Lawrence. This could be the last game he ever plays for KU if he chooses to go pro. And he's in the running for first team all conference. You know, he can wreck a game. You got to make sure and do your best to limit him, especially when it comes to these big chunk plays or even big home run plays. Number three, run the ball down their throat. The offensive line is really coming into their own right now. DJ has been hot. Treshawn's been solid. And both Will and Avery are more than capable runners, uh, pulling it on some quarterback read, quarterback power, and really force them to account for the quarterback in any run fit that they get themselves into. I think this could resemble the UCF game. I think we can run wild on them. I think the holes will be there. I think DJ can get going five, six yards before he's even touched, and then he can put a move. He can break tackles. Same goes for Trayshon. Same goes for Will Howard. Same goes for Avery. I think we can run all over them. Uh, So so that's what I want to see. And then the final thing is don't let special teams hurt you. Again, I think the worry, the meltdown, and some of the discourse over special teams this year is way over the top. But you know what? Sean Snyder's on the other side of the ball. And he has an axe to grind against Gene Taylor and against Chris Kleiman for letting him go, for firing him um, after season one of the Kleiman era. Um, I think in the Snyder family, I think there's still some frustration and bad blood uh, and, and some animosity aimed towards Gene Taylor and Chris Kleiman uh, because Bill got fired. Gene Taylor fired Bill Snyder. Um, So special teams, and if that led to a KU win or even KU keeping it close at the hands of special teams, I I think that would be a a feather in the cap of Sean Snyder, and quite frankly, I don't want to give that to him. You know, Lance Leipold said that he's going to have Sean Snyder talk to the Kansas Jayhawks to try to get them hyped up, to tell them what this game means. And I understand, uh, you know, everything that Bill and and Sean did for K-State, especially the purple side of this rivalry. But look, if you're having to have Sean Snyder, you know, a special assistant to the head coach, try to hype the KU players up for this game, it proves everything we know. KU football cosplays like they care about the state of Kansas for seven days out of the year. For seven days out of the year, they pretend like they care about the state of Kansas. And if Sean Snyder's going to have to do that, if he's going to try to have to hype them up, they're not going to understand what this game truly means. K-State has 52 players on their roster from the state of Kansas, plus another handful from Kansas City. KU has 27. K-State has 20 players on their two-deep depth chart from the state of Kansas. KU has two. There is one side of this rivalry, and quite frankly, there's one side of this K-State-KU dynamic in the state of Kansas that truly cares about this state, that truly cares about growing and doing what's best for the state. The other side, like I said, they cosplay a about it for one week out of the year, and they cater to you know what it, what it takes to get some kids from Chicago to come down to Lawrence. This game means a ton 
for the entire dynamic in the state. And if you're having Sean Snyder have to try to give that pep talk, well then folks, I, I'm not worried about this game at all. If that's the person you're you're trotting out there trying to get a handful of guys hyped up, not worried about it. As long as Taylor Bratt's bringing in those Kansas kids, as long as Chris Kleiman's around, as long as Colin Klein's around, as long as Joe Klanderman's around. And again, not all these people are Kansas, no. But they lived and breathed it long enough. They know the culture that is needed to win in the state of Kansas. They're bringing those type of kids in, not worried at all. 52 to 27, 20 to 2. K State's going to win. No doubt about it. Uh, my picks to click uh, before we get into uh, the picks to click. Just shout out to all of you. Thank you for riding through this episode with me. I blame the Big 12. This could have been a great episode, but I blame the Big 12. All right, my picks to click. I'm going with two Kansas kids. First, I'm going with DJ Giddens of Junction City. I, I, I talked about, you no, know, Devin Neal. He's a good player. I, I, K-State was recruiting him. I wish he would have chose K-State. I'm not going to say a bad thing about Devin Neal. But if you ask the average person in the state of Kansas, if you even ask, you know, Big 12 fans, hey, you know, which is the better running back? You know, Devin Neal gets the hype. He's loud. He's doing the interviews. But, folks, DJ only has 36 less yards from scrimmage. 1,141 to 1,170. DJ's averaging more yards per touch, 6.8 to 6.6. So I'm I'm picking a big game for DJ Giddens. I think he's going to surpass Devin Neal, that mantle of best Kansas running back, the best running back in the state of Kansas. I think it's going to go to DJ Giddens. Second pick to click, I'm going with Desmond Purnell. He's been hot. He's been having... A great run of games so far. I think he is playing as one of the best linebackers in the the, uh, conference. I think he's going to have a big game. And and when you're going up against an offense that loves to get the running backs and tight ends involved in the passing game, when you're going up against a team that likes to get a little bit of running quarterback game going as well, it is going to be so important for your linebackers to have a big game. And again, I think Desmond Purnell has been playing better than any of them out there. Um, he's going to have to cover a lot of ground. He's going to have to be aggressive. He's going to have to make his tackles when the time comes. But I think he's up for the challenge, and I think Desmond Purnell is going to win. Not win. Well, yes, he's going to win. K-State's going to win. I think Desmond Purnell is my defensive pick to click. All right, let's get into game predictions sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. It doesn't matter what you pick as long as you are doing it at Manhattan Brewing Company. 10 12, 15 beers on tap. I can't keep up, but I guarantee your new favorite beer is waiting for you. Just go in there and find it. And, of course, be nice to your local liquor store, but get it get it in town. Get it in your hometown. If you're in the state of Kansas, they're distributing. Be nice. Got to be nice. Be polite, even if they're wearing a KU hat, and ask for Manhattan Brewing Company. All right. Case or uh, I went ten to five uh, last week. So did the Boneheads. Boneheads going ten and five. Um, Boneheads keep their one game lead, ninety five and fifty five. I'm ninety four and fifty six. Uh, there's some stuff going on. There's going to be some movement in the standings. I think. Uh, so let's get into it. Game number one: Oklahoma at BYU. 
I got the Sooners. Boneheads have the Sooners as well, 93%. Cincinnati at West Virginia. West Virginia, 92%. I have the Mountaineers as well. Oklahoma State at Houston. Well, with the change in rules, we really need Houston. Um, so, uh, But I have Oklahoma State, uh, and so do you guys, 90%. UCF at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, uh, look, they're trying to go to a bowl game. UCF, um, coming off the big win versus Oklahoma State, I don't think it's going to matter. I got Texas Tech by 10. The Boneheads have Texas Tech 78%. Texas at Iowa State, again, (laughs) really would be be nice to get Iowa State to win this one. Uh, Boneheads are going with it. Boneheads going with the Cyclones, 63%. I have Texas, though. I think Texas is going to do it. The Blue Bonnet Battle causing some issues down in Waco and Fort Worth, Baylor and TCU. The game formerly known as the Revivory, which I thought was a great name. Now with a very stupid trophy. I don't mind the name. The Blue Bonnet Battle, I mean, that's not bad. That The Blue Bonnet is the flower for the state of Texas. I don't have an issue with that. I like the alliteration. I like the state flower. Again, Sunflower Showdown. I like the name. Don't like the trophy. Uh, Similar to this one. The name's fine. The old one was better. This trophy is ass. Uh, I got TCU uh, rocking some new helmets uh, with the blood eyes. Uh, Boneheads have TCU 92%. We got a future Big 12 battle. Utah going to Arizona. Don't look now, but Jed Fish has... The Arizona Wildcats rolling. Boneheads have Utah 63%. I'm rolling with the Desert Cats. Give me Arizona. Washington at Oregon State. I got Oregon. Or no, I have Washington. Excuse me. Washington 68 or 67%. I think Oregon State's overrated. I think they're pretenders. Uh, you know, they have what? One really good win. Um, they have no business being ranked that high. I think Washington wins by 20 Nebraska at Wisconsin. Boneheads have Wisconsin 82%. I do too. Hey, remember when Nebraska was 5-3 and three and their fans were talking about winning the Big 10 West? LOL. They're probably going to finish 5-7 and seven and not go to a bowl game. So, laughing at the Huskers. Um, North Carolina at Clemson. Boneheads have North Carolina 66%. I'm going with Clemson. I, I mean, got to do some different stuff, right? Uh, I could be back in the lead. It could be close. Or y'all could be running away from me this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. Louisville at Miami, Florida. Louisville, again, another team that's like, man, I don't know about their record. I don't really trust Miami, but I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Hurricanes. Uh, the Bonehead's going with Louisville, 62%. Georgia having to go to Tennessee. I, it's not going to be close. Georgia, big. Uh, Boneheads have it as well. Coastal Carolina going to Army. Army, big win. Uh Last week or a couple weeks ago, I can't remember when, over Air Force. Uh, it's a close one. Boneheads have Coastal Carolina 52%. I have Coastal as well. The final Wednesday night matching game of the year, Buffalo at Miami, Ohio. I'm going with Buffalo. Y'all are going with Miami of Ohio. All right, and the final one, the Sunflower Showdown, K-State versus KU. The Boneheads, a big 98%. For K State, as uh, assumed, as expected. Uh, before I do it, shout out to Charlie Hustle. We own the state. Buy the shirt. It's a white out versus Villanova and Bramlett here in a couple weeks. Get yourself a white shirt. Love Charlie Hustle. Shout out to them. Shout out to you guys. 
Buy a shirt. Tell them Boxers Boy sent you. All right. I, I, think I have K-State 37, KU 17. I don't think it matters who plays quarterback for KU. Um, I, I think this will be a relatively – I think early. I think it will be like maybe 7-7 early, 10-7 early. Um, but I think K-State's going to get it out of second gear, then it's going to get out of third gear, then it's going to get out of fourth gear. And I think it's going to resemble some of these games that we've seen in the, the magic stuff, the magic, you know, Mike's magic stuff, you know, from Space Jam. I think they're going to bottle up whatever they have going on at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. They're going to take it 90 miles east, and I think they're going to uh, put it on KU. So I have K-State 37, KU 17. Look, uh... Not the episode I wanted to do. Um, really got thrown out of whack uh, with the Big 12 tiebreaker changing the rules news. Very frustrated uh, with that. It is what it is. Nothing we can do about it now. Um, if anything too crazy comes out with uh, when the official announcement comes next week, um, I'll do some sort of uh, mini episode. Um, but it is what it is. So... <sighs> frustrating but like i said is what it is um we love you guys go cats we're gonna have a live show tomorrow 7 p.m on zoom reach out if you're not following the secret account um we'll make it happen so for chauncey we love you guys go cats
Social Podcast Network.